What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are tuned in and locked in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing a movie that's celebrating its 25th year anniversary. That's right, this week we are going to be reviewing Deep Impact. But before we can get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First, he is the man that, after watching Deep Impact, broke out his old telescope from when he was just a tiny lady lad and started mapping the skies. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Yeah, the freaking naked neighbor was out, too. It was nasty. Oh, my God. Well, you know, that's why you got distracted, and we're going to get hit by a comet now, because Ron did not map any skies, nope. but he mapped them titties. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the other man does not need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He's the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man. The myth and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. Just waiting for that comment to come end it all. <laughs> uh, just come. Come take me away. Come take me away. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting. But before we dive into any of that, Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week's been all right. Um, I don't know uh, which movie was worse to watch because... Uh, uh, Jeff and I went and saw Hypnotic with Ben Affleck. That's a rough one, too. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't go. Yeah. It, we, we was like a spur-of-the-moment thing. We're like, ah, no, we're not doing any movies this week because we're reviewing Deep Impact. So he's like, ah, it's Thursday. Want to go get food? Want to go to the movies? Yep, let's go. Yeah, we just... Mystery Science Theater 3000, that whole thing was us two and one other person in the nice. whole movie. And you knew exactly how bad it was going to be when that happened. Um, our Wednesday game group, you know, we are back in Dragonlance motif and had another big battle type of scenario. And my half elf paladin is just doing stupid stuff to get done. <laughs> and it just seems to be working out, which I find hilariously funny. Nice. So we'll see how this campaign keeps going. But that's pretty much all that's been going on. All right, Diesel, how's it been the week? All right, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, did a lot of working. Saturday and Sunday, I worked here at Dragon Master Games. But I got to take a little bit of a break on Saturday. To play in the store championship draft. Ooh. I've been holding this one back on you guys. Uh-oh, how'd uh, you do? After Ricky talking shit on my behalf about, hey, he's saying like he hasn't even seen these cards. He hasn't doesn't know what's in the set. He still says he's going to wipe the floor with you guys. Yeah, who got first? <laughs> oh, so congratulations, man. You're, yeah, you're, Diesel. Good job, uh, man. You're a hell of a drafter. You know you know, you know I, what to take at the time. Yep, I, I came in. I did the. It was a March of the Machines uh, draft. And like I said, it wasn't a big draft. There was only five people. Um, but, yep, I'm, I, this is the first time I've had a train behind me. So if you get backed up in a draft, it's called a train. Because I actually had to read all the cards. Because I d legit had no idea about yeah. the cards in the set. Drafted a sweet blue black deck and 
three would the pod. Nice. <laughs> well, Ron, it's very important to point out you did say he does know how to take it. <laughs> Congratulations, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Uh, my week is uh, simple. I'm, I'm starting to kind of come down on lacrosse season. It's almost over. There is still playoffs. Uh, but uh, we had the big spark hat this past week. I got a little too much sun. Mother's Day went down. Uh, so happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I took uh, my wife and my mom and the kid, and we all went down to see the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, uh, the AAA affiliate of the New York Yankees play. They didn't win, but it was a fun game, and the, both the moms got mugs. Nice. Uh, they, they were nice ones, too. I give them credit for that. So nice. that was awesome. So... You know, hey, overall, it was a pretty fun, interesting weekend. My stuff is, you know, stockpiling up. I was telling you guys, I met with uh, uh, the promoters of Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We went over some stuff, and so we're looking forward to that coming up August 25th and 26th in Vernon, New York, at the Vernon Downs Casino. So check out SciFiHorrorFest.com for that. Everything's coming up and making, uh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer is what, you know, it's the bottom line. Hopefully, all of you out there had wonderful weeks as well, and uh, I hope you guys have a great week this week, but before we can dive in to the meat and potatoes of the show we gotta hit you off with some of them shameless opening plugs of course if you would like any information about the 3fn podcast including our social media links or any other links it's simple just go to 3fnpodcast.com there you will find those social media links you will find the t public link you will find the patreon link patreon.com slash 3fn podcast for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content well, still supporting the show. On top of all that, there's a place for friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast, where Ken M, who also is my tag team partner on 607TWS every week, that's his podcast, him and Padawan Jay, go check them out, as well as there's a spot for 607TWS and the 3FM Podcast, you can stream it all right from 3FMPodcast.com. Also, while you're there, check out that musical directory that features the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get those dreaded DMCAs. Of course, big shout outs to Shout at the Robots, who Whose song Fail Better is the theme song to the 3FN podcast you hear it at the beginning of the show each and every week. Go check them and all those other great bands out and support them on YouTube, Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but not least, there is a sponsor section where our main sponsor definitely has their stuff. Of course, visit the sponsor section, get all the sponsors information, support W Energy Drink, support Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, support Sci-Fi Horror Fest and SciFiHorrorFest.com, and most importantly, support our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games, located and Upper Front Street in Binghamton. Of course, for all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, uh, DragonMasterGames.com. And for all information and events happening at the store, make sure you like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And that, my friends, is how I wrap this shit up. I thought I was going to be more concise. <laughs> that was the first time on the concise run. That's why I didn't have an ending for it. I got to get a better ending. But support Dragon Master Games, support all our great sponsors, and support the 3FN Podcast at 3FNPodcast.com. But you guys didn't come here just to hear me shill, baby shill. You didn't come here to hear us talk about our weeks. No, no, no. You came here to get entertained. And of course, we're going to come at you with the Deep Impact 25th Anniversary Review. But before we get there, we haven't done this in a while, so I'm excited to play this music because I really do like this music. Uh, We have to take a little pit stop over at... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. A lot of people went out to see the movies this weekend. Coming in at number five, I think this is a really good period piece. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. 
Yeah, I did not see that. It's not for me, but no. good on them for making some monies. Yep. Coming in at number four with $3.7 million, Evil Dead Rise. Nice. A little more money for them. They've already made the money back. We know we're getting sequels. That's good. That's good business. Debuting this week at number three with $6.5 million, Book Club, the next chapter. Yeah, that I, I'm surprised. But you know what? Hey, them them, them middle-aged white women, yeah. they need something to watch. It was Mother's Day, too. It uh, is probably, Mother's Day. It was probably Mother's Day. Yeah, so how many sons had to take their moms, man? R.I.P., bro. R.I.P. <laughs> to the Norman Bates of the world, we salute you. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number two for its sixth week on the list, making another $13 million, the Super Mario Brothers movie with Five hundred thirty-six million domestic. Wow, man! It's making all the monies, and that's why we're gonna get all the sequels. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for that. And coming in at number one for its second week, making sixty point five million dollars. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I will also like to point out this means Chris Pratt is in the number one and two spot for the second week in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the like second it. week in a row. So congratulations to Chris Pratt. Congratulations to Super Mario film and Guardians of the Galaxy. But Teasel, what are the upcoming films? All right, coming out this week we have. It's quieter in the twilight. Master Gardener, come out fighting. Sanctuary, Asterix and Obelix, the Middle Kingdom. <laughs> he's putting off. He's putting off the last one. You, you can't make me. You can't make me go. <laughs> Fast X. Uh, of course, Fast X will be next week's three FN Movie Club review. Just so everybody's wondering. And yes, Diesel's already got a ticket to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then coming out next week, we have About My Father, starring Robert De Niro, The Machine. Starring Burt Kreischer and The Little Mermaid, starring Halle Bailey. Yeah, and of course, that week, you would think that we would naturally be doing The Machine. No, 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 no. On a Diesel's pick, we are doing The Little Mermaid. So that's the next two weeks. We have Fast X coming next week for the uh, 3FM Movie Club review, and then The Little Mermaid. You can't say that we don't have levels to us. <laughs> well, the problem with The Machine, too, Thursday night, the only showing is at 10 p.m. Yeah, and uh, it's also getting very low showings, which yeah. is not a surprise. And uh, I'm not completely sold on Burt Kreischer acting. I, I mean, I'll, I'm go, I'll go over the weekend. But. So will I. I'll go see it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I'm not, I have unlimited, so I don't have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I already pay for everything. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Diesel. Uh, I do believe that brings us to the top three, which we've been missing lately. Yep, the top three. This week's top three is your top three favorite Natural disaster movies. Is this an honor of Deep Impact? Oh, I need something good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, top three. This was this was a hard one for me because there's so many to choose from. There's a lot, but there's not a lot of good ones. <laughs> that's also true. And that's why it's, it's hard to decide which are the best. So, coming in at number three, the one of the Michael Bay masterpieces. <laughs> the Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh. It's not bad. I like. I believe no, he, it or not, I, I like the destruction scenes in that movie. It's a, not a great movie, no, it's not. but it's a great destruction scene movie. Yes. Like the, the, it's cool how they destroy shit. And Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Yeah. So you know that checks some of the boxes for myself and Derek. I can guarantee you that much. Uh, my second favorite is the old school movie Earthquake. All right, the Earthquake. Uh, yep. I don't know if you remember that movie, yep. but it's fucking amazing. Nineteen, I want to say seventy six. I might be off yeah. on the years. I'm sorry. And then, last but not least, in the third and final slot, and this one I had to like really, really to drag myself over because, you, as you said, it's it's hard to find like a really good one. But I'm just gonna say it like this. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And this movie, Deep Impact, made me really miss. Armageddon, uh, which we have a fun announcement about that later. So, Ron, your top three. <laughs> so, um, the funny part is, I also have Day After Tomorrow because I actually love that movie. It's horrible. 
I understand, but I actually love it. So Fuck yeah. that's number three for me. Um, number two, I'm putting in Twister. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. I haven't rewatched it in a while, guys, so I might be a little... Someday we might have to review it again. Like, I'll However, be honest. I will say Twister's a good one. It's yeah, a good from, pick from just, what I remember. From what I remember and watching it in theaters, like I haven't watched it. I have never watched it on VHS. I've never watched it on DVD. Never watched it on TV. So it could be horrible. And I used to love the Twister the Ride at Universal Studios. Yes. But on top of that, before you get to number one, Diesel, what would what, what would Philip Seymour Hoffman say about Twister? It's extreme. <laughs> I love it. And um, I, I got to go with Armageddon for number one because I, I went to see that in theaters like four times back in the day. <laughs> Mind you, we're probably giving away a little bit for the review, but I, I will say this. It's kind of like when you get off a plane that was a little rocky and you kiss the ground. <laughs> Armageddon, we miss you. Uh, <laughs> Diesel, your top three. Coming in at number three. I'm sharing one with Ron. We are going with Twister. Nice. Twister's good. Twister, it... I don't know if it holds up. I, I don't know if it holds up, it, but it's fun to make fun of as well. True. Yeah, very true. So, and Flying Punchy Cow? The, the Flying Cow was fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, number two, I think this was a well-acted. I don't know how accurate it is because there's no actual survivor portrayals. The Perfect Storm. Oh, so, yeah. Solid yeah. cast, and it was, a, it was a good movie. Decent movie, yeah. And then number one, I also don't want to miss a thing, baby. <laughs> Armageddon. Wow. wow. And this was clean not set up people. for Armageddon. Yeah, we do it on the spot, by the way. So nobody knew what we were picking. Armageddon, clean sleep. I, I'm just saying, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, I'm, I'm guaranteeing this. When you get off a plane that was rocky and you kiss the ground, or off a rocky ship and you kiss the ground, that's, what's, that's what Armageddon's getting right now. But normally we would go right on over to the 3FN Movie Club review. And as you guys know, when we do the 3FN Movie Club review on the older films, we don't you just take the break in between because there's no spoiler thing. However... It is very important. This this upcoming weekend, May 18th through the 20th, on uh, Livestream for the Cure on Twitch. Uh, for all information, go to LivestreamForTheCure.com. Uh, the Livestream for the Cure is happening. We're trying to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Uh, it, I'm... I am such a big part of this with Ken M. I love doing this every year. It's something that we definitely dedicate our time for. Our time specifically is May 19th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when myself and Ken M. from the ODPH podcast will be reviewing No Holds Barred. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please come by, donate some money if you can. Uh, it definitely, definitely is a great, great cause. So I wanted to make sure one last time, because this is the last episode that comes out before that we played the promo for them for you. So you guys really drives home how important it is. Uh, remember that if you would like to donate money, uh, if you donate $20 and you send us a screenshot of your uh, confirmation that you pay the $20 to them, uh, it's livestreamforthecure.com slash donate. Uh, if you send that with your name, address, and shirt size, we will give you a free shirt. Uh, we have changed the design of the shirt. The shirt is going to say hashtag 607 podcast goes no holds barred, and this will be the no holds barred logo on cancer, because I thought we should be more on part with the cancer. My wife convinced me of that. So that is what it's actually going to say now. I will have the design up this week. But if you want to, anytime, you can do it during the event. Just make sure. And it doesn't even have to be during our segment. If you want to do it during our segment, that's awesome. We appreciate it. But it could be during any segment. As long as you take the screenshot and you can email it to us. Uh, what was that email again, Diesel? 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. If you do not remember that, just go to 3FMPodcast.com and there's a contact us. Just go there and just type it in there. So that will send us the email. Or you can DM us on the social media. All the links are at 3FMPodcast.com uh, because we want to get that to you. And if there's a reason why you don't really just want to donate and 
and you'd feel more safe giving me the money. I don't know why. Uh, we can work that out as well because I just want to make sure that because we are no proceeds of the shirts are coming to us. That's why we're asking you to donate to them and then give us the proof that you donated at least twenty dollars, and we'll send you the shirt. We're not touching it. We are, you know, we're working with our good uh, partners at Upstate Merch, and with them, uh, and, and doing that, we're we're going to pay for the shirts. You know, so that's part of what we're donating, and I'm donating other money because I donate money every year, uh, not just my time because I believe in it that much, especially because you know uh, my father died from cancer. And uh, so, therefore, it's a very, a very big thing. I've had other. Uh, my grandmother is now a uh, three-time breast cancer survivor. So there's a lot of cancer that's gone down. My sister, unfortunately, uh, passed away from cancer, and so much more. I mean, I could go into deepness, and that's why we're really behind it. So for you guys, we are going to play right now the promo one more time, so you guys are you can get all the information for live stream for the cure. Any other information, livestreamforthecure.com. Please go visit. Please think about donating and definitely tune in. A lot of great content creators. Every hour is a different content creator doing some great stuff. I mean, there's cooking stuff. There's movie reviews. There's people doing trivia. There's all sorts of crazy stuff going down. I think there's even guys, uh, some people streaming games. Like everybody's there. We've got streamers and content creators and podcasters from all over that donate their time. And it's a lot of fun. And you can definitely interact with everybody. It's a good, fun time. So not only is it entertaining, but it's going to a great, great cause. So please spread the word. We're going to play that promo for you. When we come back from playing the promo, we will dive in to the Deep Impact 25th anniversary, including telling you all the stats and the full spoiler for review after this word from Livestream for The Cure. Together, we can make a difference. That's been the sign-off for everything Livestream for The Cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I am the host of the Livestream for The Cure, an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together and we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date and we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer. Together, we will make a difference. Welcome back to the three FN movie club review for this week and this week we are honoring the 25th anniversary of the movie Deep Impact and no it has nothing to do with the Incredible Hulk team <laughs> <laughs> but we thought that this was truly fitting you'll find out why later it's also a beautiful song so thank you Alex Susano for The Lonely Man so with that Ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into the 3FN Movie Club review. And because this is an older film, uh, for those of you who might be new or just need a little refresher, we are not going to do a spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs down in the middle. Uh, we are just going to go right into the review after. But we will hit you with the stats, like in, you know who directed the movie, who you know who was in the movie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, gentlemen, are you ready to talk about Deep Impact? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, Deep Impact 
was released on May 8th of 1998, so that gives us the 25th anniversary that we are looking for. And of course, it has a runtime of a staggering 121 minutes. Uh, the budget of this film, ladies and gentlemen, was $75 million. And in the box office, domestically, it made $140.5 million. And worldwide, it made $349.5 million. So where the hell is Deeper Impact? <laughs> well, thankfully, it is on the shelf. But you never know. Just like Cliffhanger <laughs> is getting a sequel possibly very soon after we talked about it, this might get announced the next day as well, folks. <laughs> so with that, Diesel, I'm going to play the little sounder. And you're going to give us the synopsis this week. Man, I got a story to tell. What happens when you take the same premise as Armageddon? You add a more classically trained class of actors. You throw in a little child marriage. You throw in some bad CGI. Deep impact is what you get. All right. I like that. I like that synopsis. I, we're going to have Diesel do more of them because they're a lot more fun that way. Because IMDb was letting us down. Yeah. So uh, with that, before we get into it, I'm glad you brought up Armageddon and we talked about it in the top three. Because this movie is what uh, people refer to in uh, movies as a twin film. And what a twin film is, is a movie that has a similar premise to another movie coming out at the around the same time. And this movie came out on May 8th of 1998 and Armageddon would come out on July 1st of 1998. So they were shot around the same time. They knew both, both of them knew what happened. What happened with Deep Impact is probably what happened with uh, something like Fear.com, who was trying to beat out the American version of The Ring. So they kind of sped it up to put it out beforehand. And I think that's what happened here because less than two months later, we get Armageddon. So I do believe, I mean, I'm not saying that's how the movie was written, but I think that they cut some corners to get to the finished product sooner and have their movie out there. Also notably, Dante's Peak and Volcano have a very similar and over time and i you know there's there's a big difference between movies that are like you know i, I don't want to say ripoffs because there's some of those ripoffs that are good like like you know like jaws and then that spawned like orca and the alligator and etc blue sea deep blue sea like like in the mag and then there was also a ton of shitty ones that have spawned as well you know like cujo yeah. you know things like man's best friend stuff so like there's like things that are in the vein of this this is just a twin film because they come out so close together it doesn't mean to be the same year it just has to be close together and so that is what deep impact was and that's why it's kind of tied into Armageddon and I just want to get that out of the way also I want to just tell you something that uh, the, our patrons already found out but in July there'll be a week in July where we'll be reviewing Armageddon for its 25th anniversary so uh, tune in for that so you get to see what the twin film made too so with that let's move on to tell you who was behind making this movie who made this year? first off the director of this film was Mimi Leader or Letter sorry uh, she made her debut in the movie Nightingales in 1988. Uh, then she did the movie The Peacemaker in 1997. You know, that was with George Clooney. Pay It Forward in 2000. And uh, her last movie, she did a lot of smaller films and then did uh, On the Basis of Sex in 2018. Okay. So not a lot of stuff after that. But, you know, Peace, uh, The Peacemaker and Pay It Forward, pretty big films. Yeah, they were, they were big in, in between there, <laughs> Deep Impact. The screenplay for this film was written by two gentlemen. The first would be Bruce Joel Rubin. Uh, first movie that Bruce wrote, Jennifer, in 1964. Okay. Uh, also, uh, in the 1980s, he would uh, come back with Brainstorm in 1983. He did a bunch of smaller like horror kind of films before, in 1990, writing Ghost. He also wrote Jacob's Ladder in 1990, the, the yep. adaptation for that, the original. Uh, then uh, he took a little bit of sabbatical. There was like just batterings of films before 2002, Stuart Little 2. And his uh, most recent film, because I couldn't find any after that, did, did a little bit of TV, but no films, The Time Traveler's Wife in 2009. Okay. 
And then uh, his partner on this movie was Michael Tolkien. Uh, Michael Tolkien's first movie was Gossip in 1982. And then this movie, I knew you would be excited for this. He was the writer of Gleaming the Cube in 1989. A much better writer than the other Tolkien. (laughs) Uh, He also wrote The Player in 1992. And then he wrote Deep Cover also in 1992. So some good things. Uh, Changing Lanes in 2002. And the last movie uh, that he he wrote sorry, was The Offer in 2022. The director of photography on this film was Dietrich Lohmann. Uh, Dietrich Lohmann started his career, by the way, uh, Last Words in 1968. Uh, the reason you might not know him so much is he uh, did mostly German films. He shot a ton of German stuff, but his first film was 1968 Last Words. Uh, the first American film that I know, uh, some of them were released in America, but the first American film that I could see that he did was Color of Night in 1994. Okay. He was uh, he was the for uh, photography on The Peacemaker in 1997 okay. as well, so joining the uh, Mimi ladder there. Uh, unfortunately, his final movie was... Uh, Deep Impact, because he died on November 14th, 1997, at the age of 54. So Deep Sh- Impact was made in 1997. Shiza. So <laughs> he realized that it was so bad that he had to go. Whoa, 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 whoa in it. All right. So now that we know who made the movie, let's find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? This is a pretty big star-studded cast. So I didn't do a lot of, uh, I'm not going to do a lot of deep diving because there's a lot of people we're going to name off here. And I'm just actually going with the people that we would know and, and stuff. And there's a lot of them. So let's start off with the person who's got the top billing on this movie, even though I don't really think that it was the major starring role, but he still had the top billing. That is the legendary Robert Duvall as Spurgeon Tanner. Of course, they just called him what diesel fish because you know, Sturgeon fish. Yes. Uh, and of course, if you don't know who Robert Duvall is, what are you doing with yourselves? The Godfather parts one and two uh, to come to mind instantly when i think of robert duvall also later on the gone in 60 seconds remake and so much more dude what is robert duvall not been in yeah secondhand lion like robert duvall is like hollywood royalty oh he is hollywood royalty and then some absolutely uh next up was tia leone who played uh jenny lerner in this film so your main female lead jenny uh, tia you know what people forget about tia leone she was huge in the 90s she only has 26 movies to her credit However, she was huge in the 90s. She did The Family Man, Jurassic Park 3. Of course, that was in the early 2000s with Spanglish. But around this same time as she was doing this, she was like the main love interest of Will Smith in the first Bad Boys yeah. Yes. She was like the female lead of the first Bad Boys movie, amongst a ton of other things. And of course, most of you guys probably know her now. She's on like a 10-year run. Literally, actually, it's not that long. Sorry. It's like a six-year run on Madam Secretary. She's the star of Madam Secretary on CBS. I forgot that was still on. Yeah. So congratulations. She's had a hell of a career. And like I said, not not like there wasn't stars in this movie. Because next up, playing the role of Leo Biederman, Elijah Wood. Frodo himself, yeah. sir. Yeah. Way before Frodo. Listen, I we could name off other things Elijah Wood did, but let's be honest, Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know it. Uh, next up, uh, playing the president of the United States in this movie, Morgan Freeman. Fucking A-list. Oh, you're talking about A-list. I mean, what hasn't Morgan Freeman done? He's even been the voice of God on multiple occasions. <laughs> he was driving Miss Daisy. He was part of a million dollar baby. He was in Seven, Invictus, and so much more. We all have Morgan Freeman here. Yeah, Again, who do you top bill? Because you could make a case for Duvall. You could make a case for Freeman. After watching the movie, you could make a case for T.A. Leone. <laughs> true. By the way, in one of uh, speaking of Holly, and, and this is true, this is Hollywood royalty, and it was funny that he's only in this movie for such a brief moment of time, but he's top one of the top listeners, James Cromwell. 
Oh, yeah. Yep. James Cromwell. You guys most famously know him from LA Confidential, The Green Mile, yep. uh, The General's uh, Daughter, so much more. Like, I'm just reading his quick IMDb hits, but he's been in a ton of things. Yep. He's been around since the, literally the 1960s and acting. He is royalty in acting. Yep. He's in this movie very briefly, but he is top one of the top build, and for good reason. Uh, another guy who's got a pretty big role, he's got a decent role in this movie, is uh, Ron Eldard. He played Orin Monash, and uh, you might, if you don't, you might not know the name, but you'll know the movies he was in. He was uh, one of the stars of Black Hawk Down. He was in Super 8, which I know was a big movie for a lot of people, and uh, Ghost Ship. Yep. Amongst others, and also he had a role in Scent of a Woman. Oh, that's true. With Al Pacino, whoa! And uh, you got to be pretty decent to do that. Next up, playing Gus Partenza, John Favreau. Of course, you know John Favreau now as the mastermind, one of the masterminds of the new Star Wars legacy. Him and Dave Filoni. Yep. Uh, but you also know him from the Iron Man franchise, uh, so the Marvel films, which he's also, you know him as directing things like The Jungle Book. Okay. We, from back in the day, know him from a little movie called Swingers. We also know him from PCU. Yep. <laughs> uh, listen, he's been John Favreau's been writing, directing, producing movies for so long and acting in them. Uh, I love John Favreau. Yeah. Uh, he looks in great shape in this movie. We got to give him that. Uh, next up, giving a big, big shout out to the, I would say the female lead, uh, the other teenage girl in this. And I know Diesel is excited about this. <laughs> Lily Sobieski playing Sarah Hotchner. Lily Sobieski was a oh. goddamn goddess a few years later. The biggest jug since Soul Known Fry. <laughs> this woman, like, I sat through Joyride. And you know how I don't like those kinds of movies. I sat through Joyride to see those titties bouncing. <laughs> By the way, that was only three years later. Yep. <laughs> three years. Oh, those three years made a hell of a difference. Because I'm like, hey, is that Lily Sobieski? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she's been in a ton of stuff. Most recently, she was uh, the history of chicks, by the way. Uh, but she's had a ton of work. Other yep. never been kissed, etc. I mean, she's been in a, you know, her. you know what? This is a guy who I thought was going to like at the time. He's one of those people who was going to be like this huge, huge star. And it did work out a little bit, but it definitely faded quicker. And that would be Blair Underwood, who plays Mark Simon in the movie. Uh, you remember him from uh, social older movies as Just Cause and Gattaca, Rules yeah. of Engagement. Uh, lately, he's been doing uh, a few like more of like like bad hair. He's been a voice on the Lion King uh, animated shows. Uh, he was in Dear White People, uh, but he had a run where he yeah. was like the ne he was thought to be the next Denzel Washington. I like I liked him. I liked him in this movie. Right, yeah. It was great. It's not, it's not, I don't think there was bad acting in this movie. I don't think that that was really where we are. Uh, we're going to skip around because I don't want to name everybody. I just want to give two more huge shout-outs because I know Diesel. Actually, we'll let Diesel make the first uh, shout-out because, let's be honest, he marked out for it. So playing the role of Mike Perry, very short role in this movie was... Which one was Mike Perry? That would be Mike O'Malley. Oh, oh Mike O'Malley, yeah, the teacher. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the opening scenes, you're just like, hey, I remember that guy from <laughs> way back in the 90s. It's Mike O'Malley. Yeah, Mike O'Malley, famous for, like, Meet Dave, The Perfect Man, Sully. He was on Glee, by the way. I didn't know if you knew no. that. Right? He's been on, most recently, Snowpiercer. But when we were talking about Mike O'Malley, we are remembering him from way back in the day. I mean, he did have a run for three years on My Name is Earl as well. I didn't realize yes. that until just now. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking about knowing him from, you know. Oh, by the way, he's been producing movies and shit lately, yeah. too. Wow, he's got a, quite the career. We love us some Mike O'Malley. And last but not least is a man that we really love playing the role of Otis Hefner. 
is going to be Kurtwood Smith. Of course, Red, <laughs> Red Foreman. Red Foreman yeah. Let's be honest. He, but he's been in so much more stuff. I mean, recently, we did review a couple of the movies he's recently been in. because, And he's gotten some good stuff because Firestarter. Yep. He was one of our uh, favorite parts. Mine and yours, Diesel, <laughs> yes. of Firestarter. So uh, check out Kurtwood Smith. Everybody knows and loves him. That 90s show as well. I know that Ron was in All In. That <laughs> wasn't good. All I tried. In. I really wanted to try. All right, now that we've gotten past who's in the movie, let's dive right into the review of the movie. And listen, man, listen, I ain't going to pull no punches. I'm not even going to say likes and dislikes. Let's just have a quick conversation because that's what this is really going to boil down to. This movie to me, and I sent you, both of you gentlemen, a, a message to the uh, such. 90 per, 90% of this movie legitimately felt unnecessary. Yes. Mm-hmm. 90%. I wish I was making that up. All the subplots that were meant to give character development throughout the, the storytelling were unnecessary. The Teo Leone, you know, reconciling with her father yeah. didn't need to be in the movie. No. First of all, let's let's start. Let's go there first. Though she's defending her mom, as her dad left her mom. He's got a young hot girlfriend, fiance. She, who no, they were married. They were married, and she's two years older than her. Yes. And so there's contention, but then she says she doesn't dislike her, whatever. And, like, you have this whole thing where she basically tells her dad he can fuck off. But then right before the world's going to end, he gives her two pictures of them on a beach when she was a little girl. And that changes everything. And then she's willing to stand on that beach and die. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how that is even a fucking arc. Yeah. And... Just because two, your parents fell out of love doesn't mean you have to hate your father. Because it wasn't like he had an affair with this other girl. It was, they broke up. Time has gone by. He moved on. The the mother hasn't. And she was a catty fucking bitch. Because that's how we knew that the stepmother was only two years older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's go on to this. She's also works for MSNBC. I, I don't know. They must have had some kind of rights with them. Uh, but she's known as more of a gossip person at MSNBC is yeah. what we find out in the beginning. And she wants to uh, you know, rise to something bigger. And so that's how they hunt down this story that they can't even get. Like, this is how, what we're dealing with in this movie is that there is a uh, secretary of, I can't remember what. Attorney now, General, yeah. Secretary of Defense, Whatever. something yeah. like that. Rittenhouse. And basically, they're digging up that he's having an affair on his wife. His wife is in the hospital sick. And they everybody's saying that he's having an affair with on it. And she's like, we found these messages to this person, Ellie. And that's who he's having. That's what he's hiding. So they, they go to, like, like, ambush him. And we find out when they ambush him, there is no girl. But still. Not only ambush him. He's loading up his, his boat with his daughter. And... She, she doesn't see him, but she fucking goes straight at the daughter. Yeah. Fucking cameras rolling and everything. Tail Leone's character was a massive see you next Tuesday. Yeah. So, and after this, and this is the only reason we're talking about this, after this, her car gets pinned in <laughs> by what turns out to be the cer- Secret Service, but you don't know that at first. It looks like a fucking mob hit yeah. to take her to speak with the president in some back room at some fucking convention place. It's weird. And it makes no fucking sense because that's where we find out, oh, I'm going to tell the nation what, what you should, what he thinks she found out. Yeah. He doesn't realize she's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because she's looking for this Ellie. Well, when you go, when she goes back to her house and she looks on the 1998 version of the internet, we find out that Ellie is spelled E-L-E. That's not how you fucking spell Ellie. It's not how you spell Ellie. But what do we find out when we look? Of course, what E-L-E stands for. Extinction E-L-E. level event. So now, oh, wait a minute. Now she starts putting it together like a, like what she should have done before. Oh, wait a minute. 
there's some kind of extinction level event coming. But her source had said that she had spoken on the phone with Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Spoken on the phone with Ellie. I answered yeah. it once, but there was nobody there. <laughs> so now, uh, so let's bring it to the president, which Morgan Freeman's the president. So we find out here that they're going to go live with this information. So in the beginning of the film, our, our young hero... Uh, played by Elijah Wood, Peterman, he sees something in the sky and he's mapping the sky in this, you know, youth, uh, like astronomy, astronomy class, class yeah. him and, and him and the doctor, one of the doctors. And so he shows it. And so that doctor takes the information down, goes, when he goes to his observatory later, he dumps it into the big, and then he discovers it. Oh shit. This is a fucking comet and it's earthbound. It's coming right for us. So he gets into his, jumps into his car with the documents that he needs and he's trying to call on an old fucking night. Because the server's down. By the way, 1998, we had regular, StarTac cell phones were already out in 98. The analog cell phones were out. You didn't need that shitty fucking car phone. But anyways, he's got a shitty car phone that can't, he can't get the dial and he's trying to call people because, oh my god, we're in line to get hit. And then some fucking uh, truck driver with a cigarette that falls at the right time hits his car and somehow it explodes. High on Jolt Energy or Jolt Cola. Jolt Energy was the hidden cameo of this film <laughs> so so i'm sitting there going okay so obviously the story is is that that doctor died the car blows up so that means the papers don't survive right yeah if, so if if he survives we're gonna have plenty of time to come up with a contingency plan and they think young biederman's dead too which mind you he's a high school kid yeah but they think he's dead because even we find out later that he died yeah. they, they, in the press conference they said he's dead yeah so anyways uh, we, we So we think, okay, the whole premise of this movie is obviously going to be like, they're going to find out late that this comet is coming because this doctor died before he could tell anybody that the comet was coming and obviously the evidence burnt up in the car. Yeah. Not so much. They knew about the whole fucking time. So they found the papers somehow in a burnt up car. They found the papers and they've known about this for over a year because we don't get an exact time. Like I think it says X amount of months yeah. later, but it's it, like a year it, later. It's when, a year later, but they don't when, tell you when this whole thing with Tia Leone's happening. So in this time, we find out from the president on his first announcement. They're like, "Yeah, we've known that this fucking comet is like got a direct direct trajectory to Earth." We first we you know first couple weeks we were like, "Well, maybe it doesn't," and then no, 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 it does. And then after that, we were like, "You know what? We're gonna get with the Russians and we're gonna build this fucking uh, Messiah spaceship." <laughs> and that Messiah spaceship's gonna get load it up with nukes we're gonna go drill the nukes into the fucking comet and blow it up i wonder where that sounds familiar from <laughs> mind you this did come out first but i'm pretty sure somebody knew about the script that was going down for armageddon because yeah. it sounds a little too similar although the drilling in this movie wasn't as good no, no. and the difference is one's in, uh, in armageddon it's an asteroid which is a far sturdier uh destructive force in a comet by the way i just want to throw that out there because comets are mostly made of ice there is some rock to it but they're mostly ice yeah. we also find out this thing is seven miles long right it's the it's size like, of manhattan or everest yeah so it's big right it's a big boy this is gonna this is gonna destroy the planet but we got hope messiah is gonna go it's gonna drill in it's gonna blow it up we meet yeah. we, we meet our ragtag bunch of astronauts <laughs> led by the great Robert Duvall as Fish. But they're not. Orion is the leader and he's just and, and Fish is just there to be the the what do you call it? The Public technical relations. support. The power. Yeah. And all the young kids are upset because they think that he's there to steal their glory. 
Like, mind you, this is what we want for the people saving the planet. They're worried about getting on the news and their glory, not saving the planet. Not, so this, they are not the ragtag group that we get in Armageddon. Not having the only guy that's available that's actually made moon landings. You guys have done it in video games, essentially. But this guy has done it. By the way, yeah. I love Robert Duvall's cocky, fucking not-so-humble speech oh, to them about, like, yes. you guys have done it on simulators. I've done it in real life. Yeah. What? Let them know. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> because his job, his only part of flying at this point is when they get ready to go take the payload, he is going to land it onto the land the ship onto the comet, and then he'll take it off the comet because he's landed and taken off from the moon. So they figure, eh, you know, similar shit, right? Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which, not really, but whatever. And so that's that's what we get. And so you feel bad for none of these people when shit goes wrong. <laughs> it True. doesn't blow it off. All it does is blow a mile section of it off. So it's now in front of it. Yes. And they, then there's, so there's a, there's going to be two impacts now. <laughs> they fail miserably. They get upset. They got to go back to try to rescue the one guy. And Fish is like, no, we don't. It sucks, but no, we don't. Fuck him. So <laughs> he gone. So so now they're like, okay, we're gonna try to go home. Like they don't know they, they, all their shit's down because the nuclear blast takes out their shit. Like they have, they can't use long distance anything because it's all gone. Yeah. So that's the story there. So they're coming back, and mind you, this is weeks out, like a couple months before impact. So now getting closer to impact, we have another failed attempt because they're just gonna shoot Titan missiles at this motherfucker, and that works like a fart in church. Yep. Not at all. <laughs> And uh, so now we're going to get the impacts. And then they give us the, the best part of this is with Morgan Freeman as the president is coming to the American, well, the world public, not just the American public at this point from from the Oval Office. And he's just like, well, the Titan missiles didn't work. So here's what's going to happen at uh, this exact time on like, I think it's like August 10th or whatever, uh, or no, August 12th. It's going to, uh, the the first mile section is going to hit the earth. It's going to create a tidal wave that's going to be hundreds of feet high. It's going to destroy everything inland all the way to the Mississippi. And then uh, if you could survive that by getting to higher ground, don't you worry. Don't you fret. Because uh, in the west of Canada, the big six-mile piece is going to hit. And that is going to block out the sun for two years. I figure you got about four months of uh, plant life surviving. So if you should live through that. It's going to be very uncomfortable until you meet your demise. Although, we're going to auction off spots to a thousand people, I think it was. No, it was uh, a million people. 200,000 were already selected and 800,000 were going to be lotteried off. <laughs> so you, you'd get a phone call if you were going to be taken to the ark, as they called it. Now, mind you, one of the biggest things, and we saw it recently with the COVID pandemic, the president says, I am putting a price freeze on everything. What you paid for a gallon of gas last week is what you're going to pay this week after the first announcement. Yeah, he used water. But yeah. Do you remember what happened with <laughs> toilet paper when people had a goddamn runny nose? Oh, my God. So the entire time, this, this movie, every time that he makes a proclamation... Everyone listen, is the Disneyfied version of how society would treat a natural disaster because everyone's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you knew you were going to die because these people find out in advance who's been picked. Yep. If you knew you were going to die, you're not going to be as peaceful as the motherfuckers were in this movie. There's 100,000 people getting busted in to go onto this arc. Why the fuck am I not going? We did it randomly. You know, anybody over the age of 55, though, they're not eligible. 
Except for the president. He yeah. was just yeah. Oh, no, you're only eligible. The only yeah. people eligible, you weren't eligible to be in the lotto, but you were eligible for pre-call if you were of importance. Yes. yes. So yeah. that means if you could, and the way he explained it should have put him there because his explanation for it was like if you're ahead of something in science or something that we're going to yes. need to, to fir- after two years, you know, we should be able to come out back out after two years and start rebuilding society. So we need the smart and the brightest and all that shit. And you're just like, then how are you there? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you go down with the ship? Yeah. And th- <laughs> this is where, because, like, th- through the movie, you're just like, you know, Margaret Freeman portrays a great president of the United States. But then you realize that his speeches, he has these planned flaws in there to make him sound more relatable during this time of crisis. And then the last address he does, he's just, he's not suited up. He's wearing a polo shirt. But then he's getting flying right over to Colorado's to the ark. Yeah, he, he ain't he ain't gonna abide. <laughs> so somewhere in all this mess, our two young lovers get married. <laughs> Biederman and his girlfriend. Because Biederman gets the invite to the ark, him and his family. And well, she, I mean, the fucking comet has his name on it. That's gonna crash into the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, we found the loophole. If you marry me, you can go. Then your family is my family. We can all go. Turns out that was a lie. <laughs> Turns out they didn't put them on the fucking list. No, his wife could go. But they're like, now nah, your family's got to stay. Yep. And instead of being like, hey, you are the future, take our your baby sister, say it's your daughter, your and your husband's daughter, and go on and go on without us. You are our future. No, no, I can't leave my parents. Stupid so bitch. she goes with her parents. And he then, gets shoved on the bus. And then as they arrive... He's like, I can't go. I got to get my wife. And the father, to to this credit, I did like the father scene where he's just like, the mother's like, no, you're coming in with us. And the father's like, here's my watch. Fucking, you're going to need it to trade for something. Go get your watch. Yeah, he gave him a bunch of stuff to, to trade. And he's, he's like, like, just go. You get, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, your dad doesn't give a fuck about you because you got him here. Yep. Your, your dad is only saved because your name is on this goddamn comment. Yep. But he was just like, Baller, I, I get it. You got to go get your fucking piece of ass. Go get your piece of ass. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Mind you, there'd be more piece of ass in the ark. And an epic bike ride to back to his lover's, his wife's house. The streets are all friendly looted because it's all just paperwork that's floating around on the streets. Yeah. He goes in and there's the motorbike that's all chained up <laughs> that hasn't been touched. And he knows the key is when one of these jars of nuts and bolts and batteries and he finds it. So my favorite part of all of this, and, and so let's get into more, like, let's just go to the end so you guys just get the, the, the gist of it because we're shitting all over it. And I just want to get into a couple more points that are really bothering me. But let's just talk about the end. So the fucking asteroid, the, the comet, I keep saying asteroid, the comet comes and it's coming over and this is when we get the, the nice lovey-dovey dad and, and daughter makeup and she's sitting there and he's hugging her as the fucking comet comes in and is The first over, comet. The first, yeah, the first mile apart. Over the water and then and then we get to see the tidal wave that looks like shit destroy New York. Actually, take them out. It's hilarious. And then and then destroy everything. Did you not notice that where they lived? Because they don't really talk about where they. The, you know the D.C. area for yeah, for. Yeah. And obviously, I think they went to Maryland. The, the father yeah. and daughter. But did you notice that the Biedermans live near Virginia Beach? Yes. Yeah. Because of the sign, uh, Diesel. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so the way that they survived this impact, we'll talk about the second part in a minute, but the way they survived this impact is that they get to high ground, high enough up that it would be, you know, on a mountain uh, part where it would be higher than, you know, when they show this tidal wave up against the World Trade Center, because the World Trade Center 98 is still there. 
it comes up to easily like the 80th oh, yeah. story. Yeah. There's only a, a tip of each of the buildings shown, like maybe yeah. 10 floors so, each. And mind you, that was a thousand, what, thousand foot building, yeah. I do believe, at the time. It's like 800, whatever. So it's easy, like 800 feet up. Yes. I know there's some hills in Virginia Beach, Diesel, because I know we've been yeah. there. We've been there. Yeah. We went there to see a great concert there's there. It. Nothing so, that tall. But nothing that tall. <laughs> How would you get to the mountain range in Virginia? How do we get to Virginia uh, Beach, I should say? Oh, you're, you're just driving. Right, right. But through what in particular? What is the one way in and out uh, of Chesapeake the, Bay? Oh, no, there's a tunnel. There's the tunnel yeah. underneath the Chesapeake yeah, Bay yeah. to get in. To get in. Yes. Yes, the Norfolk Tunnel is fucking there. And it's a gigantic long tunnel. We don't see them go up no tunnels, but they somehow climb a mountain range that's not there either. Well, to be fair, the, the tunnel's already underwater. <laughs> well, yeah, but they would get flooded and you'd be fucked. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, we don't see them go through any of that is my point. But yeah. the most harrowing part, though, is when he gets the, the motorbike and starts going and you've got everybody going in the same direction. You have, you know, like a four-lane highway that's turned into 12 lanes all going the fuck out of here. They miraculously find each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking eat my ass. And then the parents are willing to give her baby sister to her and her tell it, force her to get on the bike with him so they can make it. Yeah, you guys, you guys got to go. Bitch, you should have said that two days ago. We could have avoided all this fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So mind you, this is all shit. So then <laughs> what are we going to do about the next half? So now our, our fucking ragtag crew on the Messiah, who's limping along in space, they're coming back. And then, you know, it's realized by fish that, man... We're not going to have really a planet to come back to. Nope. And they're looking over and he's like, well, we could probably cut that bigger piece. We can't do anything about the small piece. Now, mind you, this is before, you know, obviously the impact. We can't do anything about the small piece, but we can cut the big piece off. And uh, there's a cavern that we created so we could drive the fucking ship in the cavern. We can unload the rest of the nukes and it should blow that motherfucker to, I think he said the biggest piece would be the size of a suitcase. Yep, exactly. <laughs> So I don't know how he how he calculated all that on a ship that's computers are down, but it's fish. Exactly. Fish knows what he's doing. All right, fine. And mind you, at the perfect time they finally get contact back with Houston because just in time. You know, they were they were dead. Everyone thought that the Messiah was dead. But now all of a sudden we're like, hey, we're close enough that they because they did say when we get closer to the earth we can contact NASA. There was that I'll give them that credit. There was that great line too of a this is as close we are going to get to home. Well, that's right before they make the turn, and this is the closest we'll ever be to home again, is what they do. <laughs> so my favorite part about this, though, is the realization of, like, Blair Underwood's face particular. Yes. Of, like, so uh, how are we going to do... We don't have enough fuel. How are we going to do that and still get home? And he he's like, Fish is just looking at him like, you can't be that dumb. Like, that's the look at him. And then the female pilot, the co-pilot, she's like, really? How are we going to get home? And finally, the guy who lost his sight, which is Ori, goes, we ain't going back home. The female co-pilot did have the great line, though, of, <laughs> at least we'll all have high schools named after us. I did, I did actually believe that. I like that line. That was one of, that's one of my pluses for this movie. That line was great, because she's just like, well, look at the bright... Like, everybody else looking solid, but she's like, well, the bright side is we'll all have high schools named after us. And yeah. I'm just like, she's got a point. But you know what? Here's the thing. In this case, like, it is heroic. I, I give them the, the hero thing, but in this case... You're not going to have an Earth to go back to if this motherfucker hits. So you might as well do what you got to do, right? Yeah. So they uh, make the, the gambit. And in the meantime, we have to get the sappy part out, which is the families making it in to say goodbye to their loved ones via camera and all that because, you know, they have to go there. And then a the camera cuts out just as 
kaboomy and it works it's finally finally after the fifth plan something successful uh but the still the first asteroid hit did a shit ton of damage and then we get the ending of this movie where we get another wonderful speech from morgan freeman as the president where he's basically just like well the wave came and it destroyed everything it destroyed all of dc it destroyed the coast we lost you know and then you know it didn't just hit here it hit africa it hit europe it did we lost millions of people but the waters resided. <laughs> you keep saying, but the waters resided. And you're just like, oh. you fucking cocksucker. That's for all the people that we watched die. Just us. Well, what was funny was when I was in Paris, I think, where mm-hmm. the guy was reading the newspaper on the ledge and the waters yeah. came up behind him. He's just like, fuck it. Like, yeah. the, my you know, favorite like, part is a lot of the people just like were like resided to the fact that, like, ah, fuck it, we're yeah. dead. He's like just sitting there with the paper and you, you know he was waiting for the cue to jump like you because it was all green screen obviously to jump and it was fucking hilarious i will say this i had nothing against how tia leone and her father got it went out and i'm gonna tell yeah. you why you're gonna fuck you might as well die like that yeah because if you're gonna fucking die you don't want to be left and suffer just fucking go Lily's parents you they're just hugging each other on the side of the freeway as yeah, the yeah. waves come in yeah, you might as well because you're dr- gonna fucking die you know drowning takes about seven minutes so you know you'll be fine Eh, well, well, you're not just going to drown. With that wave, that force, the wave is coming in and all those cars, you're going to get decapitated by a car within 30 seconds. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. I would say the drowning would be, you're right, if it was just drowning. But did you see the force of that water? You're fucked. Yeah, yeah you're fucked. Those cars are going to smash. Yeah. Or, or even worse, you're going to just smash between two. You're going to die. You're, you're, gonna, you're fucking done. Worst case scenario for the slow death is it hits you and you're going to bodily involuntarily taken all this oxygen your lungs have already filled up with water there's no seven minutes yeah, you're, you're dying you're, you're fucking out your lungs are just gonna go poof, that's gonna be it man that's over so but i don't have a problem with that Continue. the beautiful thing is our young lovers have made it onto the top of this hill this imaginary mountain <laughs> and as the second comet piece has been obliterated and it illuminates the sky for an hour <laughs> Which is mentioned in the speech. It looks like a fireworks. <laughs> so that was really bad. I was that really took me out of the movie because they're like standing there holding each other. Mind you, other people are still climbing up in this little hilled area, and it's all this illumination coming into the sky. Everything's burning up, and it's beautiful. Listen, so, so this whole premise of this movie is just this, this shit, okay? I'm sorry. The people are whiny and annoying. You don't care. You, you just want the fight. At one point, I told you guys, like an hour into the movie, I'm like, I just want the comet to hit now and just kill all these fucking people. I don't care. I don't want any of them to live. Midway through the movie, I'm just like, so relying is at least all these people die at the end of this movie. <laughs> I completely forgot that how it ended. Some people some people survived. So then, here's, here's where, let's get into some logistics. It would be all right if the fucking effects in this movie were decent. And I understand it's 1998. And some people can say, well, Rich, it's 1998. I'm going to remind you once again. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be reviewing it, so I don't want to get into the weeds. Less than two months later, Armageddon comes out. July 1st. This is May 8th when this movie comes out. July 1st. They were both shot in 1997. Like I said, I think that there were some corners cut in Deep Impact to come out before Armageddon. Because obviously the studios knew that there was twin movies coming. And you can tell. Because... Yes, the CGI is not today's CGI in Armageddon, but it's a lot better. And to prove it, because I was like, well, I haven't watched it, but we're going to review it. Like I said, in July, we'll be reviewing it. I I just watched a clip, like the, the, the clip with Eddie Griffin in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love that clip, by the way. It's hilarious. Yeah. And that clip, just watching that and watching the, 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 the parts of the asteroid fall out of the sky and destroy parts of New York and shit. I'm watching that and I'm like, okay. 
this CG compared to this CG. They're not the same. Same year. The outer space shots are so much Oh, my better. God. The outer space shots are great in Armageddon. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, the potato that they spray painted silver for the original Star Wars beats the fucking comet. <laughs> Dude, am I the only one that saw that comet in the air and was like, hey, this is straight for sci-fi asylum yeah, flick? Yeah. Yes. Uh, my thing was the Earth. It looked like they actually just took a globe and put that in front of the green screen. True. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the ship and the in the and the stop and they probably special they did probably didn't use CGI they probably did stop motion for it but the ship was not to scale quite because if the meteor was six mile or seven miles long sorry originally when you see the ship if you went to scale that ship would have been a mile long you know the ship wasn't fucking a mile long no well. You know, you got to make some creative stuff. <laughs> and people talking about the mountains and being like, the Appalachian Trail, it goes through Virginia. It's like eight hours away from freaking Virginia Beach, yeah. people. It's all the way on the, it's all the way yeah. on the Intos, so it can't use that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fucking, like, it, like they should have just done their homework. They could have yeah. done this anywhere. You could have been closer to the Appalachian Trail. You know what yeah. I mean? You could have been closer. Like, you could have done this where they were like, you know, uh, what is it, near Mount McKinney, or, well, that's in uh, Alaska, but you could have done Alaska. Alaska's a beautiful country. Well, uh, what is it, McKinley, sorry, that's in, uh, uh, what is it, Vermont, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I that area, New Hampshire, Vermont, something yeah, like somewhere that. Over. Like, one of the, you should have done something like that, because we, you know, that like, oh, shit, you're close to the fucking mountains. And they still would have taken out New York at that point. Yeah. And that was your big, like, for the United States, you know, we didn't really see the destruction of D.C. We saw the destruction of New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We know D.C. got destroyed because at the end, when they get the big pullback yeah. reveal, it's them <laughs> rebuilding the Capitol. Hey, and all, all, all the freaking cranes are magically there. Yeah, they, we, we just shipped them in from the middle of the Midwest <laughs> yeah. because all, that's that's the closest. There was, like, 27 in that frame. Like, stop. But the water recited. <laughs> uh, any other things you want to throw there? Because I know you got some diesel. Uh, it, it really was. <laughs> was like you could tell that there was some insider knowledge getting sucked in between the two twin films and this one like even though i think it had a betterly better classically trained actor class they did everything so much worse like yeah. entertainment wise it was bad the pacing of this movie was so, so slow. slow and then the likability of any of the characters was non-existent so by the end you're just like god i can't wait for that second fucking comic piece to hit and then when it does it you're like you son of a bitch sons of bitches but the waters recedes yeah. ron you got anything you want to add no no <laughs> i can't ron's like i've talked about this enough i've had to watch it i'm oh, fucking done dude, i had to rent it for four dollars so did i me too <sighs> both of us did that it's, it's not it wasn't my finest moment i'll say that much yeah all right now that we've gotten to this point now that we've gotten here it is now time before we give our scores, to find out what scores the rest of the internet gave Deep Impact. And you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, it is time to play the game. And we play the game simply as Price is Right rules. It means closest to the number without going over gets the point. First person to three points wins the game. Of course, the final question, if necessary, can be worth two points to get you to the three points. And it also is not Price is Right rules. It is closer to the number because we don't do ties. Of course, Ron is your reigning and defending champion. And I'm about so, to lose it. <laughs> so he gets the championship advantage. Are you gentlemen ready to play the game? Yep. Yeah. All right, Diesel, because he is the championship advantage, you get to go first. Uh, IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give? deep impact i want to say people still think this movie is like the better version of the comet movie i'm gonna go 
five point zero. Uh, we're straight horrible. in the straight fucking in the middle. Horrible. Ron, you're an ass hat. You said five point four. Five point zero. Five point zero. Under or over? Five point four. Five point four. There's some wiggle room. There's some wiggle room. There's some wiggle room, but uh, you don't need it. Ron gets the point. It was six point two out of ten. Okay, so now we got our baseline. It's like 62%. <laughs> All right. Ron, you get to go first here. Out of 100% Metacritic, what do they give Deep Impact? 42. Diesel, 43. <laughs> and the survey says... <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hey, go on up. 40%. Oh. 40%. All right, Diesel, you get to go next. Ron is still up one to nothing. Rotten Tomatoes, critic score. Out of 100%, what did they give Deep Impact? 46%. All right, Ronald. One. <laughs> one and one pays off. 45%. Diesel was closer, but he busted. <laughs> oh. All right, so Ron, you uh, if you get this next question, you have one. You have one, sir, and without having to go to the tiebreaker. And you get to go first. Ron Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they give Deep Impact? Oh, fuck Ron Tomatoes fan scores. Oh, it's certified fresh, baby. No way. There has to be. No, I just got to. I just got to. North of sixty percent if it's certified fresh. It is not north sixty. It's not north of sixty. It is forty-eight. He says forty-eight. Diesel, forty-nine, baby. <laughs> I should say sixty because I'm saying it's fresh. But forty-nine. Give myself that little wiggle room. <laughs> and gentlemen, the survey says forty-three <laughs> percent. Damn it! So close. Forty-three percent. So we can't get to three. And technically, if Diesel gets this, it would be a tie. So we're just going to go for this is for all the marbles because <laughs> you guys couldn't get there. So Google users, out of 100%, Diesel, you get to go first, closer to the number wins. You fucking Google users, you sons of bitches. 80%. Ron. One. One? Are you serious? Oh, no, so no, 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 79 or 81? 79. So 79, yeah, you said what, Diesel? 80. 80 and 79. 79. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have a winner. And it's on the up and still champion Ron. 72%. That's still way too high. 72%. For the Google users for Deep Impact. Now that we've gotten the internet scores out of the way, it is finally time for us to give our scores for this movie. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Of course, first we're going to give the nerd score, followed by my critic score. Of course, the nerd score is a is a recommendation score that's made up of our critic score mixed with an entertainment score. So that means if the movie was critically bad, but it was super entertaining, it's going to get a higher score on the nerd scale because it's a recommendation for you to watch, and that'll drive it up, and vice versa. That has happened in the past. So with that, there's only five parts of the nerd scale. A one is no. That means it's a terrible movie. You should never waste your time in watching it because it's terrible. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. That means it's an average to good movie. It's not something you're going to run out and see or purchase or spend money on when it re-hits theaters for, you know, some anniversary showing. Instead, you're just going to be like, you know what? I saw it one time and uh, that was enough, but I don't regret seeing it. A four is just take my money. That means it's an essential film. If it's in the theaters, go pay to see it. Add it to your collection. Pay for it. It's well worth the money. Uh, go see it again and again when they re-release it. And last but not least is this uh, is something we don't have to really worry about, but is the rarefied air called certified nerd those are for the legendary films such as jaws jurassic park etc etc you get the picture of the classics so with that ron you get to go first and i kind of have a feeling of what side of the scale we're going to be at so i'm going to go to you what is your nerd score and why for deep impact i gotta give it a one. Oh hell no 
there's really no saving grace for this movie. Like it, like even there wasn't even much to talk about like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. It like it just it's not it's slow, it's kind of boring, and it, it doesn't like you said ninety percent of this movie didn't need to be in there. So I agreed. I agree. Diesel, your score. All right. For the same reasons as Ron and the fact that this was a twin film and everything about this movie was like Armageddon did it better. I can't even go for a two. We are going for the one. Oh, hell no. Damn. Anything you want to add? So at least like Moonfall, I think we rated it a two because at least you had the entertainment afterwards. This one, you're just like, I just wanted the worst case scenario to happen. This yes. was so bad. I, I literally wanted the world to end. This was a bad movie. Oh, I agree. So I'm just going to get out of the way. I also gave it a one. Oh, hell no. Listen, I said it best, I think, earlier when I said this movie, literally 90% of it didn't even need to happen. There's no reason, no rhyme or reason. And the other 10% wasn't carrying the movie. Yeah. There's a couple like one-liners that I was like, hey, cool, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the CG looked terrible. The Even even the regular effects looked terrible. There's uh, We didn't even mention it, but there's like her mother, you know, goes through this phase where she's like, oh, it's freeing to know that I'm going to be gone and da-da-da-da. And then they lead up to like this whole scene where her mom's putting on makeup and a nice ball dress and sitting down to have a cup of uh, like, like wine or whatever and looking at old pictures. And she fucking, and then we get a, the next thing you know we get a phone call that uh, obviously she had killed herself but we don't actually get them ever say that she killed herself we don't get any scene yeah. of her like and I'm not saying I, I have to see that I'm like I'm some kind of sicko that needs to see it but if you're going to go through all that trouble give us something at least yeah. give us what they did in Babylon yeah because I feel like that's the perfect setup. Yeah. Because they gave you all the clues. You know what's happening. But instead, they're just like, nah, we're not ever going to. And they didn't even confirm it. You just know she's dead because she goes to pick up her belongings. You yeah. know what she did when she just knew that she was going to die? What's up? She quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she gave all of her stuff to the museum. Yeah. Remember? So yeah. it would live on because they're they're storing it away. So that way we can have history from society. And it's better there. And she's just like, I'm just going to. I'll live just fine knowing you're going to be okay. Ha, <laughs> joke's on you, lady. She dies. <laughs> oh. She doesn't even make it to the hill. Nope. Like, all you had to do was not be at the position that they're on. How funny is that? You get to heaven and then all of a sudden you're just, they're just like, well, you know, they, they blew up the bigger part. Oh, shit. Sacrifice for nothing. For nothing. I'm just going to say, she gave up her spot for some other lady and her kid. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm selfish. I'm taking that spot. Oh, that, that was annoying, too, because like, she drew the short straw. So when they come back to go through, the lady sitting there with her daughter. I didn't know where to go, but the daughter likes it here. So I decided we're going to stay here. We're, we're on the 80th floor. We should be okay. Uh, bitch, you're not okay, but... Fucking plot armor. Here we go. I'm giving up my spot to you. By the way, she kidnaps the kid to give up the spot. I just want to throw that out there. We don't know what's going on. I'm like, is she going to throw the bomb from the roof and just take the kid? And and the the first guy gets in with a briefcase like, don't have room for that, and throws the briefcase out. Yeah, don't have room for a briefcase. But you have room for a whole extra child. Because the child's not unless even she gave her spot up. Well, even then, what are you trying to bring in the briefcase, asshole? It's just crazy. Well, all of his important documentation was in there. Well, Polaroids of fucking porn? I don't know. Dude, he's, he's got a couple Playboys and Hustlers in there. You know, you got to rebuild somehow. Oh, that's currency. Dude, dude, people would be fucking killing for that, uh, especially in 98. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing to save this movie. Out of 10, I gave it a 2 out of 10. This I give everything at least a 1. Just for shooting a movie, you get a fucking 1. So 
Yeah, hey, they should just be. I just this movie's terrible, and like, yeah. and it's hard not to get comparison. And I haven't no. seen Armageddon in a while. We are going to review Armageddon in July, so I don't want to say too much because I really want to resee it. Yeah. But even from what I remember of Armageddon, I'm like, okay, it was there's humor in Armageddon. There is a legitimate like tearjerker scene in Armageddon. Let's be honest. There's there is a legitimate one. Yeah. Steve Buscemi dies. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, there's, the, but you know what I mean. There's, so there's just, actually emotion. You just want to feel the power. In believe it or legs. not, you actually feel for the crew in Armageddon when the crew. This is their family. All you could think back was like, I actually felt something when it was Liv Tyler on the other end of the screen <laughs> because it's the same fucking scene. Dude, I, I will say this, and I, I know Kevin Smith has said it before. Ben Affleck is a good crier. And that scene where fucking he gets shoved out of the fucking into the fucking ship and he's fucking smacking on the window to Bruce Willis. You're just like, man, that's fucking like it's art. You're like, you feel, you know, he's like he's going to give his life. And then all of a sudden he's like, whatever. And then you the Liv Tyler scene right after like this uh, gigantic emotion scene in that movie where you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And, And it's it's that's impressive compared to this. I mean, shit. Vin Rames out running the cops is fucking great scene too. Let's be honest. And then him dancing on uh, ass naked on the fucking uh, just wearing the gown on top of the bed. The Michael Clark Duncan. Michael, Michael Clark. Oh, Mike, sorry. Yeah. I always get Vin Rames and Michael Clark Duncan. In this was his first movie too because he was found as a bouncer. Yeah. Yep. Michael and, Clark Duncan is such a nice dude. Yeah. And but he was like, but I heard like he was like horrible. Like he was. I mean, no let's be honest. They're yeah. both massive men. Yeah. Like, and I mean in the jacked way. Like, <laughs> I ain't fucking with either of them. No. I'm just, I'm just trying to give my buddy some some time. You know what is? I I, I, side, I had to I had to remember because Vin Rames uh, does the 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 bunny hump scene in in, my, in uh, Baby Boy. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Vin Rames. <laughs> He's an inspiration to us all. But anyways, I digress. It's so, but it's hard to not compare the two films, and then you're like, one of these is not like the other. And like in July, I, I'm I'm assuming that maybe we're not going to look as Armageddon as finally as we did in the past because a lot of times your things change and yeah. whatever. But I guarantee it'll be better than the two. Oh. I guarantee it'll be better than a one on the nerd scale and a two out of ten. I, I promise you that much. Yeah. Oh yeah, I you. I'm going blind saying three is the the bottom yeah, cap. Yeah, unless it. there's something completely off kilter that we've missed in this thing. But yeah, yeah, not seeing it in a long time. I, I it's in the four to five range somewhere. Not seeing it in a long time. Just if you ask me right now. But once again, we'll do the due diligence in July. So there's a little teaser for July. Yeah. So that's gonna do it for. Deep Impact's 25th anniversary. Do not watch it. We do not suggest it to anybody. This movie had made me made me rethink how I grade movies. Because I was like, at first I'm like, well, you know, it was shot well. I mean, the effects were whatever, but it was shot well. You know, it, it there was, even though it didn't make any fucking sense, there was a storyline. So you try to start giving it more, like, okay, it's going to get two. And then you're like, I'm like, but there's no, I, there's no way I could tell somebody to watch this. Because you literally sit there for two hours, with the exception of maybe three action, and I'm doing quotation mark scenes it's just a boring fucking movie yeah it's a boring movie so i'm just saying avoid that shit at all costs of course uh, if you would like to talk to us about that hit us up on the social medias if you would like to know those social media links or any other links or just want to visit what we got going on there go to 3fnpodcast.com ron i believe you have some business to attend to two out of ten stars just like the books but not in a good way word for word it followed the book some people may see this as a good thing, but the best film adaptations of books are not the ones that take the feeling and themes from the book and transform them from the written format to the screen. This movie, however, was like listening to a cassette of the book with silly little special effects and poor animations carrying out the actions. For a kid's movie, this is entirely too long. I had time sitting there through this dull two and a half hours, and I'm, and I'm an adult. There was no plot, no action, just a whole bunch of character development. Maybe the next two movies will be better now, 
that where you've got all the characters, the school, the history, the animals, and the spell comprehension established. Two out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks people. And once again, uh, send all that smoke to Red X two thirty on Twitter. <laughs> Not don't add us. <laughs> uh, Diesel, you got something you want to add? This one wasn't like usually the the critique is it took nothing from the source material. And this one's just like it took everything from the source material. <laughs> Make up your minds, asshole. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. That is a very like like usually if you complain like I complain like when it's like so far from the source material it doesn't look the same. Yeah. And then you're like, this person's like, it was just like it. It was like the audiobook. What the fuck? My favorite, it was like, my favorite was the one he did uh, a few months ago where it was like, Elijah, or no, sorry, Daniel Radcliffe was terrible. Yeah. He looked just like how Harry Potter was described. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Doesn't that mean they did a good job casting? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm like, if you look, if, if visually he looks like it, I think they did a good job. But anyways, some weird hate out there in the world. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of three FN podcast. Of course, we'll be back next week to review the newest movie in the fast and furious saga. Fast X as the three FN movie oh, club oops. review. I'm starting my nine-movie continuous watch tonight. Ooh. Oh, oh, now you're just lying to the people. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> but you know what? I can guarantee you next week there'll be a lot of talk about what, guys? Family. Family. That's right. So until then, for myself and for the guys, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. And the nerds recede. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people. <laughs>